Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Technical Talk Podcast. In this episode, we'll take a look at the other semifinal matchup taking place in the Eastern Conference between the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. These two teams have a deep and storied playoff matchup history dating all the way back to 1997, as they met four straight times from 97 to the year 2000. As in 2000, the rivalry would somewhat die down after Patrick Ewing was traded to the Supersonics and Jamal Mashburn and PJ Brown were traded to the Hornets. Since then, the two teams have only met once. That was during the 2012 Eastern Conference first round, where the Knicks were handily defeated by LeBron James and the Miami Heat in just five games. So this rivalry being renewed means a lot to New York and Miami alike. So let's get into the 2023 iteration of the series right after the intro. You're out of your mind. There is no way that LeBron will ever be Jordan. Nobody will ever be Jordan, okay? Okay, LeBron's a better rebounder and passer. Will you let me finish? Can you, can you let me finish? Call me when LeBron has six championships. Is that your only argument? It's the only argument I need, Sean! All right, so jumping right into the Miami Heat catch-up. This is the Eastern Conference's eighth seed. Um, their last round opponent was the number one seed in the East, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, that series ended with Miami winning four games to one. The top players for Miami in that series were Jimmy Butler, who averaged 37.6 points per game, six rebounds and 4.8 assists, and Bam Adebayo, who averaged 17.4 points per game, eight rebounds and five assists. As for the Knicks, they're the Eastern Conference's fourth seed. Their last round opponent was the Cleveland Cavaliers, in which they defeated four games to one. The top players in that series for Tom Thibodeau were Jalen Brunson, who averaged 24 points per game, 4.2 rebounds and 4.8 assists, and R.J. Barrett, who averaged 17 points per game, 4.2 rebounds and 2.8 assists. To start our evaluation of this series, we'll begin with the differential in scoring and defensive metrics by both the Heat and the Knicks. For Miami, they currently rank first among playoff teams, averaging 124 points per game, while the Knicks sit in the 14th spot out of the original 16, just under 100 at 99.6. Defensively, the Knicks held their previous round opponent to just 94.2 points per game, while the Heat allowed around 118.8 points per game to theirs. Pace does play a role in the discussion, I will admit, as you know, the Heat average around 105 possessions a game while the Knicks are closer to 93. But to really understand, we'll dive into their season series to set the stage for this one. In the season series, the Knicks won three out of their four games against the Miami Heat, taking the two at home and splitting the two on the road. The trio of Brunson, Randall, and Barrett have wreaked havoc on the Heat defensively as they each average over 20 points per game, each on about 50% shooting from the floor. So for the Heat, the challenge they will likely face is who do they choose to use their best defender, Jimmy Butler, by the way, on. Personally, I would side with him eliminating point guard Jalen Brunson. Brunson's ability to play downhill is really the key to his distribution to Randall and Barrett as defenses are forced to collapse inward because of his ability to score in the painted area, leaving teammates open for favorable looks. If we look at Brunson's field goal attempts, along with his percentage, he gets about six looks from the painted area game, if not more, and has a tremendous 51.7 field goal percentage. Taking away those shots and forcing him away, firstly, will reduce his points per game margin. But it'll also force R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle to work with the ball in their hand, something that if we remember from last season in their touch numbers, greatly limited the Knicks. Bam Adebayo should be doing the defensive work against Randle, leaving just R.J. Barrett to produce. 
And you know, like, to be completely honest with you, if RJ Barrett is to beat me singularly, I can live with that. For the Knicks, on the other hand, the surefire formula to limit the heat is do whatever you can to stop Jimmy Butler, as he has the ability to throw it into overdrive for Miami seemingly at any given moment. So limiting him lends itself very well to a winning formula. Jimmy, like Jalen Brunson, shoots a tremendous amount of shots in the painted area, converting an average of six attempts on a 73.3% clip. Putting Randall on Butler would challenge him, you know, with physicality and size and make those attempts even more challenging. The Heat are without Tyler Hero for the remainder of the playoffs and will most likely struggle finding consistent supplemental scoring outside of Butler. And that's something that Tom Thibodeau and the, and the Knicks will definitely look to exploit further. Another big thing to keep an eye out for is the battle on the glass between Miami and New York. The Heat are 11th in rebounding overall out of the original field of 16, while the Knicks sit 6th. But while the overall numbers are telling, the, offense, the offensive and defensive rebounding numbers are going to be the thing that ultimately tilts this game in one team's favor. You know, the Knicks are an amazing offensive rebounding team. They rank first overall with about 15 offensive boards a game. And they also average second chance point mark of 18.2, which is good enough for third among the original 16 playoff teams. The Heat, in terms of offensive rebounding, come in rank 15th out of the original 16 playoff teams with just seven offensive rebounds a game, which in turn generates just 10.2 second chance points a game for a ranking of 14. Switching to the defensive side of the rebounding script, we see that New York is ranked 13th in defense in rebounding at 30.4%, excuse me. While the Heat are stellar, coming in ranked fourth at 35.3 defensive rebounds per game. I have this saying that I use for teams on defense, and that saying is finish your possessions. The Miami Heat may be the best example of a team that sometimes struggles with this, and you know, it's highlighted by their play in game and the multiple games against Atlanta. <laughs> and also their series against Milwaukee. There were multiple possessions where they would work the Hawks or the Bucks down to four or three seconds in the shot clock, force a low percentage shot just to let the opposing team grab an offensive rebound and get a fresh 14 seconds, which is something they will not be able to do against a team like New York who excels on the offensive glass and will make you absolutely pay. All right, when we take a look at the advanced stats in this series, I took a strong focus and emphasis in what the teams did in their losses rather than their wins during their previous series so I could get a better understanding of their shortcomings and what exactly contributed the most. For Miami in their game two loss to Milwaukee, they had the highest turnover percentage of the whole series at 16.5%. And also their lowest offensive rebounding percentage of the entire series at just 15.9%. The Heat also allowed the Bucks to have an effective field goal percentage of 66.2, which is ridiculous. Just a side note, if, if you don't know what effective field goal percentage is, it's essentially a statistic that adjusts field goal percentage to account for the fact that three-point shots and two-point shots are weighted differently, meaning that three-point shots are worth three points and two-point shots are worth two points, and it differentiates between the two. If you want the actual game statistics for those numbers, the Heat only generated seven offensive rebounds, committed 17 turnovers, and allow the Bucks to shoot 53.5% from the floor and 25 of 49 from three. For the record, during the regular season, the Miami Heat were 4-12 overall when allowing their opponents 60% or more in terms of effective field goal percentage. As for the record, when they 
were held under 20% in offensive rebound percentage. The Heat found themselves at 3-12. and 12, And finally, in terms of turnover percentage, at uh, 15.5 and above, they were 11-25. and 25. You know, for the Knicks and their sole loss against the Cavaliers in their game two, they allowed the Cavaliers an effective field goal percentage of 58.4%. The Knicks during the regular season held opponents to 46.2 effective field goal percentage. The Knicks also had a turnover percentage of 18.2% during the regular season. They averaged 11.8. And, you know, game statistics for the Knicks when it came down to these turnovers, you know, they committed 17 totals. Turnovers. The Knicks themselves also could not get a hold on the Cavaliers in terms of shooting as the Cavs ended game two with a 62.3 true shooting percentage. You know, when I look ahead to this series between the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. There's a lot of different factors that I can use, but I'm going to simplify it down to bare bones. And it's really going to come down to more of Miami than New York, uh, if we're being completely honest. You know, the Miami Heat have a tremendous duo in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but my fear is that the incredible performances we saw from Jimmy can't be replicated game in and game out. And at some point, Bam Adebayo is going to have to step up offensively and defensively and, you know, kind of also put the team on his back. The Knicks, on the other hand, you know what you're getting from them. And it's quality basketball. New York is playing great basketball leading up into the series. And Jalen Brunson has been probably the biggest reason as to why they are. So I guess my my true breakdown of this series would just be to look out for just how much production you're getting from guys like R.J. Barrett. Look out how much production you're getting from guys like Caleb Martin. You know, that... It's the third guy in the trios. Unfortunately, the Heat don't have Tyler Hero, so they're going to have to make up for that scoring difference in a different way. And I think, you know, Caleb Martin will step up and and naturally fit into that third uh, option next to them. But either way, the fans in this series are going to be just amazing. And I really, really, really hope that you guys can tune in to just one game in this incredible series. Madison Square Garden is awesome uh, this year, especially now that the Knicks have returned to uh, actual playoff contention. And you already know that uh, formerly FTX Arena, sorry, I don't quite have the new name of the arena down yet. Um, You know they're going to be rocking in Miami. It's a white-hot playoff for them. Uh, But thank you guys for listening. Uh, The other Western Conference semifinal will come later uh, either today or tomorrow. Uh, and that matchup is equally as exciting between LeBron James and the Lakers and Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors. So be on the lookout for that one. But again, enjoy basketball. Enjoy your day wherever you are, whatever time it is. And last but definitely not least, enjoy. Mm-hmm.